Hello and welcome to the Pod Bible Podcast, episode 124. My name is Adam Richardson. I'm the editor of Pod Bible Magazine uh, and the host of this somewhat sporadic podcast, uh, which is back with a special episode speaking to three different shows uh, all about their podcasts and uh, how they came about. And you're going to learn lots and you're going to end up listening and downloading. And it's all very exciting. We'll get to that in just a minute because issue 30, the final Pod Bible Magazine of the year, and our 30th edition is coming to you on Sunday the 3rd of December. It's all done. It's all ready. It's been sent to print. We're very excited about it. Uh, And you can grab that with 65,000 copies of the Sunday Times on the 3rd of December. And if you can't find it in the Times, then you head to podbiblemag.com where you can read the digital edition. You can order back issues. You can read loads of great content. We've had a fantastic year for articles on our website. Loads of growth, loads of people reading them, loads of quality freelance writers getting involved. And we're very proud of everything we've got there. So go and have a look. Check out the magazine when it comes out on the 3rd of December don't worry about that just now. For now, sit back and relax and enjoy the chats we're about to have on the Pod Bible podcast. First up, I have a chat with Owen Blackhurst and Seb White. They are from Monday Hour magazine. They have produced wonderful podcasts before there. Lots of great football content. They've got their own magazine, as I said. But um, they have done the Giant podcast, which was on Spotify, which we loved here at Pod Bible. And they have a fairly new show now. It's called Reminding You Why You Love Football. If you're a football fan, maybe a lapsed football fan, this is the show for you. Let's hear Seb and Owen tell us all about it. Okay, I'm here today with Seb and Owen from Reminding You Why You Love Football. Uh, Hello, guys. How are you? How do you? You all right? I'm very good. Very good. Excited to speak to you in your your lovely studio there. I'm I'm pretty good. And I'm glad Seb gave the how do the uh, Somerset hello. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely perfect. He's really happy. uh, So that's good. Good start. (laughs) Now, people will be very interested to hear a lot more about your podcast. I'm excited to to find stuff out. I have been listening. Uh, I'm I'm a fan already, but we're hoping to get some more on board. Uh, Owen, could you tell us a little bit about the pod, how it came about? What's 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 your background? Our first foray into audio as Monday was audio documentary series with Spotify called Giant. But before that, I had written down a format that is pretty similar to the one we're doing now, we're doing now for this podcast. But we didn't want our first, at the time, there was a lot of uh, studio shows and a real proliferation of them being launched. And we didn't really, we thought without a partner, we could very easily have done a failed podcast, which happened six times. And then we were too busy doing something else. We didn't record it a few times, done. So that's why we went, uh, we we waited and went into the the documentary route with, with Spotify. However, this is something we talked about for a while and we have enough verticals and, and sections within the magazine and what we've done on social. So it was always the idea that we would repackage some of them and and use them to talk about sort of football from all levels and all and all leagues and all parts of the world and whether it was grassroots or Champions League or women's or men's or whatever. We've always tried to uh, be democratic about the game. We also made sure, we wanted to make sure, was they'd be relatively timeless and we didn't talk about the, the here and now and sort of steered away from the news cycle because it doesn't need to be done. And that was that was how we started. We, you know, we decided on a few different sections to begin with and we thought we'd review as we go along and, and, and base it on some audience feedback as well. So that's a bit of a backstory. Fantastic. So Seb, could you tell us a, a little bit about some of those segments that you have? Are they, are they ever changing? Do you have ones that come back every episode? Yeah, I mean, we we have we have changed actually over the course of now we're nearly up to thirty episodes. We have changed a few different sections. Some have come out. Some have even we've just recorded one now and it's come back in. But they all, like Owen says, they all stem from the magazine or social. 
um, certainly the front section of the magazine. So Adventures in Clubland, which is the one that's become the the first one that most people listen to and the most most interesting one, I would argue, is um, Adventures in Clubland, which is all about looking at different spells in some famous players' careers, but also players that people might not know about. That's the one that's become, shall we say, our flagship right right at the top. But then we've got underneath that, we've we've, we've spoken about volleys in Vollywood, which is um, also a, a, for a section from the magazine. Now, at the moment, we we support these now as well, which has become a thing that Mundial have become known for, as we support something different. And it might be a football team, it might be a clothing brand, it could be anything. It doesn't have to be any, it doesn't have to be football related at all. So we've brought that in and we, we had that in from the start, but now, and now we brought it back in again. So it's a constant process of just making sure that we're talking about the right things. We're talking about it in the right way. And actually always comes back to reminding, it genuinely does, you know, we're not just saying it. The title really is an instructive and a massive instruction for us that we have to remind people why we love football. Because if we go down, if we're talking about some other stuff or certain other things, that won't remind people why they love football because there's so many different things around the game. Yeah, and that's not to say we can't talk about serious issues, which we will do, but it's good to have guardrails and they're, they're, mm. they're self-imposed and so they can be a little bit loose at times. You know, it's not sort of cast iron and rigid, but it's attempting to try and um, bring a little bit of sunshine's the wrong word, but just a bit of humour into people's life on a weekly basis. And, you know, the narrative around football is quite negative and quite performance based and everything is 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 bigger than it needs to be you know sometimes people just have a bad day and don't play very well mm. or sometimes a manager gets things wrong but because of the 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 endless need for you know people to buy into the coverage of it everything becomes bigger than it is and and often the easiest way to do that is to become negative right and it's mm. far more difficult i think to be positive and to talk about things you like than just to ju- than just to slag someone or something off, um, so that's something we always check ourselves about and try and make sure we're doing that. Fantastic. Um, I think uh, when we wrote about the the podcast in the, one of the most recent uh, issues of Pod Bible, we, we did talk and touched upon the fact that it is a fantastic sort of dose of, of nostalgia looking after your well, listening to your podcast. Sorry, um, and obviously, yeah, as you say, modern day football. There's a lot to navigate. There's a lot of heavy subjects. There's a lot of sort of ignoring bigger topics that you have to that you have to do. How important was that to you guys? I know Mundial, you know, as you said, you touch upon a lot of the nostalgic topics and delving back and looking into those kind of things. Um, but how important was it to 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 have that sort of the whole history of football as such, but particularly, you know, your your formative years of being fans to be able to delve back into that. Uh, was it always going to be be based around that? Um, not necessarily, because we've always tried with the magazine to be as much as we look back, we look forward, and we talk about them now as well. But that just it's just not the one percent that dominates the news cycle. That's yeah. the thing. So, but just with the and and we just wanted it to be more of that, really. Like we you know, that we'll talk about something that's going on at non-league or a lesser-known mm. German team who've been like promoted to the Bundesliga or something that's coming up in the future. We just mm-hmm. steer clear of that the the big dominating news because we're all sick of it as well. You know, just as like any fan, we get we get sick of it. But nostalgia is a powerful tool. Um, it's it's often, I think, a lot of people forget why they fell in love with football in the first place, and it's become football's always been tribal, and it should be, and tribalism's fun. But social media tribalism isn't fun. It's mm. fucking miserable, and it is. It's lead to just leads to people just sitting there arguing with people they've never met, 
about teams they've often never been to see half the time. Yeah. That's not what that's not what football is. That's not what it should be. And so no. to try and um yeah, to try and be an antidote to that. Like, we all love it. You know, it's not to say everything's it's all happy clappy. Like we all get angry about the game as well because we love it. But um just yeah, just to be a little bit of point of difference in a in a in a negative negative space. Probably should give a shout out to you know, the other members of the team. It's not just you two every week. No, it's not. No. Producer Tommy Stewart and uh, Mundell Features Editor's James Bird. We kicked them out for this interview. Uh, one of them could still be <laughs> more outside. No, it wouldn't be the same without the, the four of us. We've had two episodes recently. The first few episodes, there was quite a few of us on and then we sort of trimmed it down. But recently, I was ill for one and Tommy hosted. And there was another one before that. Tommy was on holiday and the three mm. of us just did it. But apart from that now, for 90% of the episodes, it's been the four of us. Yeah, it does feel it does, and it does feel weird when when we're not as a four. You know, we've had loads of reviews about the chemistry between us all, and and that's how it's like being sat around a around a table in a pub with your mates. Now that is yeah. arguably one of the best compliments we can get because yeah. that's what we that's what we try and do. And it's not like it's not heavily scripted. It's not forced. This is this is just some mates coming together. You know, we've obviously worked with each other in various guises for a long, long time, but this is genuinely one of the best things that we do every week just to sit in and do talk about football and forget all forget all the other things that are going on and it is just it's a lot of fun and hopefully that does come through because we've seen the reviews and the compliments about it and it's it's something it, and it's not just turning up and talking shit about football though because if you you know last night i was in the script for the episode we recorded this morning at quarter past 10 and the other three were in there as well and we were all doing different bits and i say script the running order right we're just mm. putting notes yeah, in yeah. things we're going to talk about just just as cues so we we're all in there last night doing it and if you didn't love it and didn't want it to be good, well, you know, you could just turn up and talk about the weekend's football, but I think because we want it to be good and we want people to love it. I mean, one thing Mundial's always done, we may have always been a niche brand, but we've always strived to do things people love, whether that's been the magazine, whether that's been Giant or whether that's been this now or some of the merch we've done. And it's uh, the only thing that's, well, what's hard about that is you really have to keep working at it and really put the time in, but that's also a, a pleasure most of the time because we do want people to love it because, Christ, we all know like albums, kits, players, all those things we've all loved. It means a lot. And if you can give that to someone and then be told back by people that they love it and look forward to it, it's as good as it gets. And that doesn't matter if it's 20 people or 200 or 2,000 or 20,000. It's the fact that every week you're delivering something that people love. And that's a, it's, it's a real privilege to be able to do that. Definitely. And I think, yeah, you're, you're definitely providing the kind of conversations that a lot of people are actually having because none of us are actually meeting in the pub on a Monday and then going through each and every match because we haven't seen them. We might watch match of the day for a bit, but um, yeah, you're having the kind of conversations that, that, that I definitely have with my mates uh, fairly regularly. Maybe not as highbrow, maybe not as much knowledge going into them or as But that's research, all right. We're, but, all, uh, here, yeah, we're yeah. all here to learn. Exactly, exactly. But um, I mean, we've been big fans of... Um, but we love Giant uh, here at Pod Bible and uh, recommended Giant a number of times in in the magazine, and we're a big fans of of the new pod and excited to see how how things pan out. And I guess the beauty of it is, come the off season, it's not like oh no, what do we talk about? The whole nature of the format of the show means that you can uh, you can keep going every single week. And is that the plan? Yeah, there's no yeah. reason to stop. No, is there? no, no. Yeah. We, we even you know we're looking further ahead to Christmas, and and we're making sure that we've got new content coming out because. A, again, we enjoy doing it, but also, well, perfect time for people to listen about some random niche football stories done at Christmas when they need a bit of a respite from the from the festivities. So, yeah. yeah, we did record three episodes in one day in the summer to get around holidays, and that was too much. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was yeah, too yeah. much. We were knackered by the end of it. And, you know, we'll do double records where we need to to make sure we're yeah. all on it and um, and stuff like that. But no, there's no real reason to stop. We haven't seasoned it. 
no, I, and it's it's a genuine highlight for us as well. I can't Amazing. wait. I mean, you know, it's the, you know, I like a lot of what I do about my job, um, but it's the happiest time of the week when I walk into Spiritland on a on a Friday morning without without a doubt. Perfect. And hopefully, in the near future, there might be some you know live events. You know, that's what a lot of podcasts are doing. That's what we. I was at one. I was at the Social Distance Sports Bar one the other day. We think we can do something good in that space. Of, of course, we'll have to learn and, and take yeah. from it. But that is, that's something we got to aim for. Cause you can tell people it was Jordan Peterson live set. Yeah. <laughs> but Monday you hours... You don't have to lie. Monday hours <laughs> community. And I think that it would be great to be able to do something like that in, in front of other people. And yeah, and I think that's, oh, that's obviously a target. Yeah. We have to continue to keep putting the heart... I mean, we've had to use a football cliche, you know, whatever. We have to keep putting the hard yards in on the training ground, so to speak. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. We need to... Um, that's something that we're really aiming for and looking forward to. And I think we can do it really well as well. Well, way to end. All right. Well, thank you very much, Seb and Owen. And obviously we uh, wish, wish you all the best with the pod. We'll continue to champion it. Um, but hopefully a lot of new people will check out after this. And uh, yeah, good luck. Brilliant. Thanks, Thanks very, very much. much. Take care. Cheers. Thank you, Seb. Thank you, Owen. All right, let's go over to Stu Whiffin, co-founder of Pod Bible, co-editor of the magazine, uh, who is having a chat with our next guest. It's Charlie Higson, and he is talking all about Charlie Higson and Friends. Charlie Higson, tell me all about your podcast, please. Well, my podcast, and it's mine, is called Willy Willy Harry Stee, Charlie Higson's History of the Monarchy. And it, it does what it says. It is it is a it is a linear old school narrative history of now it's really tricky because I can't call it the British monarchy and I can't call it the English monarchy. Because the British monarchy would include all the other Scottish kings before James I and the Irish kings and the Welsh kings or princes. And I can't call it English because our monarchy was only English up to and including Elizabeth I. Once James I had to be imported from Scotland. It was the monarchy of of Great Britain, of England, Scotland, Wales. And it was then, I think, in the 1700s that officially Ireland uh, was brought into it. So it's a complicated thing. Sorry, I've gone off on a complete tangent. So I just call it the history of the monarchy. And it's based on a rhyme that I learned at school in the 60s, back when school kids were still taught that narrative version of history. I remember at my prep school that I went to, you didn't have classes. You, you, if it was history, you went to the history room and the history teacher taught you. And he had a frieze around his wall that had been made by previous school children, which started with the Romans. And, you know, there were colourful pictures and dates. And it went through the history from the Romans right the way up to Elizabeth II. And when you were young at the school, you'd start at the Roman end. And by the time you left the school, you'd made your way all the way around. And that's what Willie Willie Harry Stee does. It, it, um, Starts with William, the first Willie, and then proceeds to Charles III. And it's interesting because the history is taught very differently now. There, there are problems with that narrative version of history because it's like, which, what story do you tell? You know, in my day, it was kings and queens, great men, inventions and battles. And people have pointed out there's a lot more to history than that. You know, there were some women involved, for instance, and, and ordinary working class people who weren't uh, aristocracy. Uh, and, 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 but once you try and incorporate everything, you can't. You know, if you started with today, you'd cover today and then tomorrow you'd do tomorrow. So you'd never, you'd never catch up with the whole thing. But I unashamedly said, look, this is, this is a way of looking at British history through the lens of the monarchy. There's a great appetite. In learning history. I mean, my, my kids at school, they, they were taught the Tudors, 
the American civil rights movement, uh, the Egyptians, Second World War, the Romans, and they would go into that in, in, in more detail. And they would look at who tells us history, uh, what is history, who decides what is the, the, you know, the accepted version of events, what sources do we trust? And that is hugely valuable stuff for kids to learn, particularly as a way of n- learning how to navigate the internet. Who do we trust? Is that true? How do I find out more? What sources should I go to? But it means that they've learned quite a lot about those different parts of history, but they've got absolutely no idea in what order those those things took place. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, you know, so people have said, commented on my podcast saying, thank, you know, thank you so much for this. I'm finally making sense of it. I always felt like I missed, I missed a term at school and I was always catching up and trying to think, well, how does that relate to that? How do those fit together? And I got, and I got really into that whole idea of, well, I'm just going to find out for myself, really, how it worked. And it's also good because we're living in an age where there's a sort of argument, a fight over who owns history. And we've got the ghastly um, extremes of the right getting really cross and up in arms saying, you're trying to rewrite history. And why should the National Trust be telling us historical information rather than just showing us some nice four-poster beds? And, you know, the British monarchy does this and that. And look at Harry, he's the worst behaved monarch we've ever had. And you think, I'm sorry, but compared to some of the behavior that's gone on in the past, particularly the Dukes of York. See, the Duke of York, that's the title that's always given to the second son. So the first is usually the Prince of Wales, sometimes also the Duke of Cornwall. The second is the Duke of York. And, you know, Harry's spotted it. It's why he called his book Spare. They have no real function. They're a prince, but they're never going to be a king. So in this day and age, you know, it's kind of like, can you go and open this multi-story car park in Swindon for us? Uh, and I think, you know, I think this is a lot of the problem that Meghan Markle had. She turned up thinking this is going to be glamorous. This is a prince and he's going to be king one day. I think, no, he's not. He's just going to do all the crappy jobs that the other royals don't want to do. And, you know, in the past, some of the Dukes of York have thought, oh, sod it, I'm going to kill my older brother and take over. Mm. So Harry's behavior is is absolutely nothing compared to the past. So I think this idea, I think if you if people can know about the past and what happened particularly with the monarchy, and all the terrible things that they've done, you know, it means they've got a better grasp on the present. That was a very long answer, wasn't it? <laughs> well, Charlie, I guess for, for 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 definitely for myself and most people, we know you for for your work in comedy and your writing. Yes. Where did podcasting become a thing for you? Like, where did the love of that come from? It came from my love of talking at great length about things and telling people my love of mansplaining. <laughs> 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 I think. I might be a slightly frustrated teacher. For the past 15 years or so, I'm get on for 20 years now, I, I, the thing I've mainly been doing is writing books for kids. And I've done lots and lots of school, school events where I give talks, you know, and you've got, I've got to go in and entertain a room full of kids. And I've learned quite a lot doing that, and I've really enjoyed doing it. And I have huge, huge respect for teachers who've got to go in and do that every day in every class with kids who might not be the slightest bit interested in what they're trying to tell them. I can swan in, do an hour and, and, and swan off again. I like telling people things. You know, I've got three boys and I, I do, I mean, they, they've, they've left home now. They've had enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> like telling them things and trying to do it in a way that doesn't bore them rigid or make something, oh God, dad's trying to tell us something else again. I just asked a really simple question and he's gone back to the bloody ancient Egyptians and he's starting there. Um, 
But gosh, about, about more than 10 years ago now, I was invited to the Chalk Valley History Festival, which is an amazing annual history festival that held in Wiltshire. Now, many people who listen to podcasts will be familiar with Tom Holland, who does a really popular history podcast called The Rest is History. And his brother, James Holland, who does a, a very popular podcast as well with Al Murray called We Have Ways. Tom Holland is is obsessed with uh, the, the ancient world more and James is more the modern world and the Second World War. His, his We Have Ways podcast is entirely about the Second World War. And they are brothers and they set up the Chalk Valley History Festival originally the, using the cricket hut on the village green. I think they were raising some funds to to do up the hut. And because they knew so many historians, they got a lot of great historians down and it was really popular and they thought well we actually we could do this as a proper event and it has grown to be a huge huge festival and they invited me down one year to host a quiz a sort of have i got news for you style comedy quiz about history called histrionics and there's always an amazing lineup of uh, historians there um including people like ian hislop and you know dan snow and so so people who who understand about entertaining a crowd and it's always, I think it's always the first event to sell out. It's a very popular event. And so I've been hosting that every year since. But also, I said the first year, I said, look, while I'm here, I'll do a talk of some sort. And I was working on uh, some young James Bond books. And I said, look, what well, I could do a, th- a book about the origins of James Bond, the history of James Bond, where it all came from. You know, um, Ian Fleming, his work in naval intelligence in the Second World War, whatever. You know, it, it, is, it is history. And that was, I really enjoyed that. So, so every year I do a family-based talk as well, and I've covered lots of things. One year I did a talk called The Death of Kings, which was how every single one of our monarchs died as, as a way of looking at history. And I thought, you know, what, I, could, I could do more with this. I'd like to do more with this. And it expanded from there. During lockdown, I relearned Willie Willie, Harry Stee, Harry Dick John, Harry Three, One, Two, Three, Neds, Richard Two. Henry's four, five, six, then who? Edward's four, five, Dick the Bad, Harry's twain, and Ned the Lad. Mary, Bessie, James of Vane, Charlie, Charlie, James again. William and Mary, Anna Gloria, four Georges, and Victoria. Then comes Edward, George, and Ned the Eighth, quickly goes and abdicates. Then Georgie six, and Lizzie two, and Charlie next to see us through. It's a great piece of doggerel, and a good way of learning the history, how they all fit together, the kings. Very useful in um, pub quizzes, because monarchy is a great one with pub quizzes, because they sort of fit into kind of lists and things. Oh, we've got um, six Georges. We can do a lot on that. But I thought, I want to know who these people are exactly beyond how they died, more about them and how they fit together and how we get from one to the other and how English history gets from William the Conqueror to the present day. So each episode I talk for about half an hour and then I get a proper historian on for half an hour to talk. Uh, And it's been great. I've, I've had some brilliant historians on. They've all been brilliant. I've learned a lot from them. Uh, and, and I think it's quite a good format that, you know, it's me telling you stuff. And I'm, you know, I, I am from a comedy background. I'm, I, I make it entertaining, but mainly is I want to tell people stuff. <laughs> and, I mean, it's, it's Friday today and I believe um, episodes drop every Friday. Is that right? That's right. We, we do a monarch every Friday. And then now and then I do an extra episode on a Wednesday, which is if I feel like there's a kind of wider stuff that I want to talk about, but I can't squeeze into the monarchs because I don't want to get too long. So I did one with a great historian called Ian Mortimer, where we looked at just what was life like for the ordinary people in the Middle Ages. I did a recent one with another fabulous historian called Susie Edge, who's written, in fact, she's written the book that I did the Chalk Valley talk about. It's how each monarch died. 
um, and she comes from a medical background. So that's really interesting. And, and so, yes, if you start at the beginning, I did two, I had to do two introductory episodes because our monarchy didn't really start with, with William the first. Probably the first bona fide English king was, was King Alfred, Alfred the Great. But I did one on sort of prehistory and the Romans with um, Tom Holland. Uh, and then I did one on the, the Anglo-Saxon period with um, a guy called Mark Morris, who's written a fantastic book about the Anglo-Saxons. Uh, and then we launch into, into my first willy. <laughs> I've, uh, I keep, in the old days, maybe I'd have been banned from Twitter for going on about willies and dicks. And there's a really annoying thing, word, which, you know, I dictate into um, to make notes and things for each episode. I, I don't script it. I make notes and talk because I want it to just be me telling course, you stuff, not yeah. reading out something. So I start by narrating a bit of Willy Willy, Harry Steve, Harry Dick John. And people who know the word dictation thing will know that it's very prudish. <laughs> and, and I'm constantly having to, to put the dicks back in and get rid of the asterisks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic, fantastic. And if people want to listen to it, Charlie, it's wherever. wherever you listen to a podcast. Um, it's not restricted to anything. It's totally free. Although I, I must work out a way of monetizing it. Um, <laughs> yes, you know, if you listen to podcasts, it's very, very easy. Either put in Charlie Hickson or or Willy Willy Harry Stee, and and it will take you there. And you have many, many hours of happy listening. And if you stick with it, I started spring twenty three. I'll get to Charles the third probably spring. 24, around about the same time. Yeah. And if you listen to that whole thing, you will have a complete history of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. Fantastic. Charlie Eagson, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Stu. All right, finally, we're going to finish off with a chat with the host of the Starting Line podcast. It's with PR expert and investor Rich Lee, and he is also chatting to Stu Whiffin. Rich Lee, tell me all about your podcast, please. So the Starting On podcast is an interview podcast where we speak to entertainers, entrepreneurs, athletes, philanthropists, people that are typically successful, very successful. I've had OBEs and MBEs. And, and uh, so we, we're speaking to people with you know, huge success very often. And and it's it's looking at why they are who they are. I know that the interview podcast format is, is a busy one. I think what I do is I bring my own personal experience to it and and that is it's called the starting line for a reason we all start somewhere and i'm just as interested in for instance one of our guests uh an undefeated pro boxer called shabir hadery fled afghanistan age 12 it was an arduous nine ten month journey uh to to the uk where he actually landed in gloucester where i'm from and he was then fostered from there and um, and then went on this incredible path and i've no doubt that he'll be world champ you know, he's lightweight, phenomenal. I, I watched his first ever first ever amateur fight when he was 15. Watched him the other day, sixth, seventh pro fight, won that. You know, with somebody who was a weight above, actually, and, you know, fought down a weight. His story is just as fascinating to me. That is an incredibly tough one for him. He, you know, he, he saved the baby that was left on the dinghy. Um, you know, he's 12 years old, bear in mind. His parents had left this baby. And, you know, at 12 years old, he had the, the, the mindset to, to take this kid and swim to shore with it. And it was, you know, an 18 month old, to- it was a toddler, you know, it was, it was wow. a baby. you know, the, the boat before him on one leg of the, the thing, 40 people in a five band dinghy, all drowned men, women, children. So, you know, this kid has been through some stuff, but then 
just as interesting is, you know, your, your Levi Roots of the world, who yeah. I had no idea he'd been to prison three times. I had no idea what his story was. And I think that's what I'm trying to do is take people's stories. And I mean, we've had people that have started from a much more fortunate place too. I think that's no less interesting. You know, this isn't about me trying Absolutely. To, this isn't me trying to just have some grief porn podcast where everybody's, you know, until I find the one person whose life is the worst of everybody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? That's not, it's, it's not about that. It's about drive, optimism, resilience. I think that we treat resilience like a dirty word. Yeah. Now, you know, and, and I said as much to an incredible man called Mike McCarthy, who founded um, the Baton of Hope, the UK's biggest suicide prevention campaign. You know, and, and you know, he agreed. It's, it's like, yeah. You know, how do we how do we get to a place where for him it's a zero suicide society, yeah. which an incredibly you know it's a, it's a lofty right? You know, that's, a, that's an enormous thing to say. But you know, if that's the start point, then you know, see where he ends up. So I think yeah, for me, it's yeah, what makes you different? Yeah, and how how you gauge success? Because you know, I guess as a big part of society would gauge success financially. It's wonderful to speak to all these people, many of whom are. Fabulously wealthy. Yeah. Uh, Hayley Parsons, not you know, not to um, make her feel terrible for this. She you know, grew up in a council estate, actually on the same road as David Buttress, who founded or co-founded Just Eat. So Hayley Parsons co-founded, oh, Hayley Parsons founded GoCompare.com and Confuse.com um, when she was at Admiral. So she literally created the price comparison industry, the multi-billion pound price comparison industry. So you'd imagine she's worth a bit. And we recorded it at her house, which was insane. She had this beautiful Ferrari in the garage, you know. Just, so you get somebody like that who's really come from nothing, this yeah. estate in Cumbran. Um, as I say, same road as the co-founder of Just Eat, which is just wow. mentally summing in the water uh, in that road. Exactly what I said. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, right, let's move there. Uh, every single person, and to a person that I've spoken to, it's not about money; it's about financial security. Yeah. Nobody's gone. I want to be a billionaire. You know, you could go back and forth as to whether or not billionaires should even exist. I'm probably sure. on the side they, they probably shouldn't. Yeah. Absolutely. But um, again, that's my personal bias because my bias is I'm from a council house. You know, in a shitty, bloody upbringing, you know, where, and not, not to speak too personally to it, but, you know, it was very violent. It was, there was a lot of drugs, suicides, you know, but, you know, more than a handful of members of my family in and out of prison. Um, so it was, it was a really turbulent upbringing that you don't realize until you kind of look back on it. You know, at yeah. the time I knew it was okay. And I was really conscious of improving my lot. I think very few people break a cycle. And I know now because I look at my family, bless them. And, that, you know, lots, lots of them are still struggling. Do you do you feel that those experiences that you had that you've just described there, you know, growing up in a less than perfect home, uh, an environment, do you feel that that experience has, has has given you life experience and curiosity to to be able to to ask those kind of questions to to the guests that you've had on and kind of you know understand you know, coming from nothing and trying to, to to build something up from, you know, to quote yourself, the starting line? I think so. I think what it does is there's, there's some legitimacy there. So, you know, and, and, and some real empathy. You know, it's that, it's that um, I forget, the, the Monty Python sketch where, oh, you think you've had it hard? You yeah. know, this. All right. I had to get out before I went to bed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know what? That's another thing is, I don't want to be so serious and po-faced about it. You know, some of the best, silliest conversations I've had have been with people who've who've had a real tough, tough time of it. But yeah. you know, you find humor in in that as well. You know, I don't want anybody that that, that hears us talking about this to think, oh, Christ, that's going to be a bit of a listen. That's going to be a difficult because it's about finding the light in there too. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think, you know, for, for experience that I've had speaking, 
you know, to people that have have, have had, you know, experienced some, some very unpleasant things. There, there seems to be uh, an element of a, you know, to, to their coping mechanism that involves, you know, that gallows humour of, of of being able to sort of see the light in it and try and lessen it a little by 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 sort of laughing a little. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you know it's it's uh, yeah. Definitely, that you know, why is only fours and horses successful? Is because you know, two people that just you know that want to keep going, that want to be, you yeah. know, that, that have that drive. But they, you know, they, there's definitely humour in in that situation. I mean, you know, if you can't laugh as as I was when I was a kid, you know, you sat in the darkness, uh, you know, because the bloody the emergency is gone. You know, yeah. like you know, you're there pressing the button and it's just not coming back on. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you if you sat there like that, you know, if you can't find humour in in little things, then it, you are just destined to. You know, to, to be on about it all, and of course, sometimes you will be. I mean, you, you've, you've you've touched upon a few uh, guests uh, that you've had on already. Um, for new listeners that are yet to to check out the podcast, if you was to say, "Look, go and check out my podcast," and direct them to a, a specific episode that you feel best kind of demonstrates what you're trying to achieve with the podcast, I know it's like saying pick your favourite child, but if you had to direct a, a new listener, you know, that's going to give going to give your episode a go. Like, where would you say, would you say go and start at the very beginning and work your way through? Or would you say this one's a great one to kind of wet your whistle and give you a taste of what we're trying to do? Uh, so, great question. I think there are two answers to it. One, yes, start at the beginning. They've been released in an order for a reason. You know, I I created a bank of them. And, you know, it's a mix of people from, you know, I didn't just want two athletes in a row, three athletes in a row. You know, I wanted to create, um, you know, a good split. But if I was going to say, one episode that stands out to me is probably the most popular one. And the, the thing I've had a ton of messages about, and that's James Cracknell's. And James Cracknell's is fascinating because I went in knowing that, you know, he didn't have this really difficult upbringing. You know, it was a happy one. It was like, I think we all start from somewhere, as I say. And I think you shouldn't be penalised just because you start 30 metres in front of everybody else in the race. Because if you're, if you're David Beckham's kid and, you, you know, you, you, it feels like you start, you start with a load of things. Yeah. Really, there are other challenges. Um, so Cracknell was interested in that regard, but also because of his bike accident that he had yeah. in 2010, and almost he his his starting line reset. He got pretty pretty bad brain trauma, right? Yeah, Christ, yeah. He uh, and and it was evident in the episode. And my producer said, "Oh, you know, should we work to cut some of the waving in his voice?" And and basically, what what do we do? Uh, you know, in regards to this, because you know we want his bigger listening experience. And I was like, "That's his voice, man. That's what you know. He's." It is, he's been profoundly impacted and he's one of the most driven people you'll, you'll ever meet, as you'd imagine a double Olympic yeah. champion to be, right? But, and everything he's achieved since is it's unrelatable in the sense of he was the, at the time, you know, the, the quickest Brit to ever finish the Marathon de Sable, a six day, 350K race in the desert. You and I can't probably relate to that. Yeah. But what you can relate to is a mindset that gets him from an injury that is life-changing in a boat to win for, you know, for Cambridge at the boat race as the oldest man to ever do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what I mean by relating there is, you know, he's very forthcoming with it because he wants to talk about brain injury and he wants to talk about how that complete reset of his life just changed everything. I do want, dare I say it, people to, to listen and feel inspired. I do want people to feel you know, entertained, informed, educated, you know, all the, all, all the good things, but also, you know, podcasting, as we touched on before recording, is this beautiful, intimate medium. And I want people to feel like they know that person better by the end of it. There's a real positivity and optimism to it. It's just, I think, trying to, yeah, trying to bring just genuine, authentic, intimate conversation with people. 
to you know to the fore. And I've come into this later than I wanted to be into podcasting. You know, I didn't do it because I thought, who wants to listen to another straight white bloke now in his thirties? Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, who wants to listen to that guy? And it was a conversation with, of all people, Comedy Dave mm-hmm. from Radio One, where he said. Do you walk into a library and say that all the books that ever need to be written have been written? He said, it doesn't fucking matter who wrote them. It's, you know, uh, you know, it's quality you want to find. It's for me then, am I good? What am I bringing to it? You know, is the editing good? The production, is it good enough? Is the sound quality great? Is, you know, is the, so, is the promotion around it? The social promo around it is, you know, are the guests good enough? I'm, I run a business as well. I come at this from a real, I want this to be world-class as best as it can be. Almost that it's, it's kind of not fake it until you make it, but make it until you make it. Like, yeah. you know, like do as much as I can, you know, spend out on this to make sure it's as good as it can be. And so, living in Gloucester and being surrounded by such talent, looking forwards, have you considered a live show, like taking the the, the podcast on stage? I haven't. No, not. I, I've not even thought about that. I mean, there's there are yet more great people that I've not spoken to. Simon Pegg, um, you know, Tom Kerridge, Christ, there are like. There's some incredible people from you know, the county, even yeah. Gloucestershire. Um, you know, rugby's massive here, so you know some fantastic players that you know have, have come and gone. And uh, yeah, there's, there's just some really, really cool people. So I think I'm going to keep doing that. You know, what's, what's lovely? So Gloucestershire Live, you know, like, like the Citizen, the, the local paper, they've just done a, a piece on the podcast. It's oh, nice fantastic. to it's nice to see that kind of local support. So I think that's what you do. You build a base. You build that foundation of support and. Not everybody's going to listen. Some people are going to go, shut up, you prick. Stop trying to make me think something. You know, stop trying to influence me and, you know, like, no, Gloucester's shit and it will always be shit and, you know, whatever. But there'll be people that come along with me and then that builds that base. And then I just hope that people will resonate with, if not me, then the guests. There'll always be a guest. You know, you look at that list of people and there'll always be somebody that you think, right, okay, that's the person whose story I want to find out about. And I'm just enjoying doing it, man. I'm... I've wanted to do it for so long and I, I stopped myself and I'm just, I'm enjoying the process. I love getting out, like going and because I interview everybody in person and that's kind of, you know, what I'm trying to do now. And I know obviously with your studio that you're building, that's mm. the, uh, that's the aim uh, is to, you know, get more and more people in. Um, so I think yeah, if people can resonate, if, if not me, then the guest and if not the guest in their stories, then, you know, that's a powerful thing. Absolutely. And Rich, if people want to check the show out, which I'm sure they will now, it's available wherever you get your podcasts, right? Yeah, Apple, Spotify, yeah, every. I mean, a friend of mine listens on on Audible. Yeah, pretty much everywhere that you. Well, I mean, everywhere that you would get a get a podcast. Yes, the Starter Line podcast with Rich Lee. Fantastic. We'll put the link in the show notes to this. Rich, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Rich. All right. Three very different podcasts there. Very excited to hear what your thoughts are on any of those. If you end up checking them out, please do. Uh, Links are in the show notes if you want to go and have a look. But obviously, if you just give them a Google, um, I'm sure numerous ways to listen will uh, will pop up. As I said, the new issue of Pod Bible is out on Sunday, the 3rd of December. It's the 30th edition, final one of 2023. Uh, We'd love you to have a look at it. Head to podbiblemag.com for loads more info. Uh, and also you can read all the other lovely content and listen to other episodes of this podcast. Uh, We will be back with future episodes in 2024. Will this be the last one of this year? Maybe not. Maybe not. We might be back with with a final episode of 2023. We'll see. Keep your ears out. We'll see how it goes. Thank you for listening. We are proud to be part of the ACAST Creator Network. Thank you very much to Buddy Peace. 
who has produced and edited this episode. Shout out to everybody who's supported Pod Bible throughout the year, read the magazine, visited the website, listened to the podcast, recommended podcasts to us, whatever it may be. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. And uh, yeah, we'll chat soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.